Hey friends, this is your worship pastor, Matthew Grady, also editor of the podcast. In this episode, we had a technical issue. So please, if this is the first episode you've ever listened to, most of our episodes don't sound this bad. It's still something that you can hear, but it's just a little drop off from quality from what we're used to. So thank you guys so much. Hopefully this episode will still be a benefit to you. Welcome to a special edition of the Wordsmith Podcast. I'm Josh Bennett, lead pastor of Awaken Church, joined today by Matthew Grady Calhoun. Hey. Shane Suggs. Merry Christmas. And our volunteer coordinator here at Awaken Church, Alan Daniel. Hello, everybody. Alan, we're glad to have you with us today on the Wordsmith Podcast. I want to ask you, will you go ahead and introduce yourself, let people know who you are, how you came to the church, your faith story, all that kind of stuff. A lot of people know how we came to the church, but for those that didn't or don't, my oldest child, Olivia, and Josh's oldest son, Sawyer, were in kindergarten together, and Sawyer brought to school little cards inviting someone to a vision gathering. Olivia got one, came home. Me and Ashley, my wife, had been discussing trying to find another church, ironically at the time, Hmm. and... Olivia brought it home and said, my friend Sawyer's daddy is starting a church and we need to go help. So my, I had to work the day of the vision gathering. So my wife and mother-in-law and kids went to the gathering. And I guess at that point they were told about the first service that was going to be at the movie theater. Mm-hmm. So we went that Sunday and have been ever since. And uh, Alan became an integral part of our team early on because we noticed that every time there was a problem, Alan just fixed it. He didn't come bring us the problem. And yeah. we're like, man, we need to move Alan into leadership. And he's been a great leader here at Awaken Church. Let's see, ironically, I guess the first three services the church did were at a movie theater. And That's right. growing up as a as a child, my dad and stepmom helped start a church in really, Grange, Georgia. Yeah. The name of it is New Community Church. It is still there. And it started after the first service being in an attic. After that, it was at a movie theater for probably the wow. first 10 or 15 years that church was existing. No, that's wow. Oh, wow. That's really cool. So Alan's got a strong history of church planning. And- I remember back or uh, taking a leaf blower and blowing leaves away from the door. My dad getting there early and blowing leaves and stuff before people showed up to the theater for church. So that's awesome. Why not ask the whole team here? We're so thankful that God brought Alan and his family to be a part of Awaken Church. So, Alan, you're also a huge Braves fan. Yes. Your house is divided. That was a very direct answer. Yes, I am a Braves fan. Uh, I'm wearing a Braves hat right now. Way to go. My house is divided. Yeah. Because although I did not go to school there, I am a huge Georgia Bulldog fan. There you go. But my wife did graduate from Georgia Tech. Bless her. Yes. Yes. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. You know, her car is very easy to spot throughout town. It's the only Georgia Tech tag I've seen in Tifton. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she had an alumni tag and it somehow got lost. We won't say how, but it was found. <laughs> we bought our house last year, so oh, it's, yeah. it's not on Christmas. Which that means you didn't hide it good enough. <laughs> yeah, you have to destroy that because you have to drive that car too, right? Yes, I do. Yeah. But it's funny when has I anybody, get out because I have like a Georgia hoodie on. And I get has anybody car. ever mistaken you for a Tech fan, like or or anything like that? When you I have out? a friend of mine. We went out to dinner with him and his wife a few years ago, and the nicest. Polo I have at the time was a Georgia Tech. Oh, Lord. But I wore it to dinner, but the only reason is because I never wear it. 
unless I went to a Tech football game. Sure. All right. So, all right. I can understand. So he that. picks on me now because he says he's really a in the closet Tech fan. Oh, <laughs> what an awful thing to be accused of. That is an awful thing to be um, accused of. Alan has two children, Olivia and Austin. Yes. A mother in law. Mother in law. That attends church here, small group leader. Um, they yeah, host a small group. Mm hmm. And, um, the, the free range children group. That yeah, is how a, as I want Shane to list it next season. <laughs> free range. Sign up, I want that listed on the sheet. Listen, something. there has never been a more accurate description of a small group than free range yes. children small yes. group. They just run around. They do. They it's, do whatever they it's want. It's fun. That group used to meet at our house, and it was a lot of fun. And glad to see Alan and Ashley hosting that, and Pastor Matt leading it this semester. All right, it is our Thanksgiving special episode of the Wordsmith Podcast. So today we're going to be talking all things Thanksgiving. Um, this doesn't fit into the flow of our normal season of the podcast. This is just a bonus for you guys. So let's talk about Thanksgiving. What's your favorite things about Thanksgiving? Plans for Thanksgiving? Whatever you want to talk about Thanksgiving, let's talk about it. So pumpkin pie or sweet potato? <laughs> Here we go. Straight out of the gate. It's pumpkin the pie. Same. Pumpkin. The same? No, they're definitely not the same pie. <laughs> Man, this is going to be a fun episode. Dude, I yeah. could sit there and eat an entire pumpkin pie or sweet potato pie. Yeah. I, I prefer sweet potato pie, mm -hmm. um, but I could sit there and eat a whole one by myself. I prefer pecan pie myself. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I like that My too. My favorite thing, we, I make a cheesecake that's like the bottom layer is normal cheesecake, and then the top layer is like pumpkin cheesecake. So you just mix the pumpkin oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, it's really good. That sounds good. I like cheesecake. So. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, yeah, it's, yeah it's, I started making good. that a few years ago. It is really yeah. Good. What, what are some of your traditions? I'm gonna try to break this down. We'll we'll play Pastor Shane's game here in a few minutes. Let let's try to break this down. What's your favorite childhood memory of Thanksgiving? For me, it's going to my grandfather's house and just getting together with this my mom's side of the family, getting together with them. And if we beat my uncle there, you would get football or John Wayne movies. If not, it was gonna be CMT all day. And then we just go outside and play football in the yard. But yeah. Yeah, we did that a couple of years ago. Played football. Uh, my girls and my brother's boy, my brother's two sons. Um, we all went out in our backyard to uh, play football a few Thanksgivings ago. That was that was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah, I have no recollection of Thanksgiving during childhood at all. Wow, really? I, I got nothing. Well, that's maybe more <laughs> unique than a story that you've had. I got absolutely. No, I, I know we celebrated it. But I got nothing. Yeah. yeah, I don't have many memories, to be honest. But I don't have many memories from my childhood. So, I mean, yeah. it's not unusual just for Thanksgiving. I don't have, I, I, I kind of get snapshots, like Polaroids, yeah. in, in my mind. They're kind of stuck in my mind of things that I do remember. Like, I remember uh, my family coming down from Michigan to uh, yeah. to be with us during Thanksgiving one mm. year, um, which didn't happen very often. But, I mean, I remember family being there, but I don't remember any particular Thanksgiving that was special sure. to me. Yeah. I mean, I remember about three years in a row, um, my neighbor had this huge field that was next to our house, and we planned this big Thanksgiving football game, that all the neighborhood kids. And, man, we worked on this thing for like two weeks. We built like goalposts and had like a fan section and made the field. It was a really big gearing up for this Thanksgiving football game. Mm. And one year in particular, we're playing football, and I run into Brett, who was one of their neighbor's grandsons, and I bust my nose. And I mean, when I bust my nose, there's blood pouring down my yeah. face. And this may be the saddest Thanksgiving memory, but I remember going over to my mom, you know, panic like moms do when your nose is bleeding and you're sure. like nine years old. I had to sit in my bedroom 
with a giant window overlooking this field and watched the rest of the football game because my mom refused to allow me to go back out. <laughs> and it was the most devastating because, man, I spent yeah. two weeks preparing mm-hmm. for this giant foot. To me, it was the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, this game was more important than any Thanksgiving Day that was being, game that was being played. And um, that's good. I, I just enjoyed being around family, meals, all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. You know, let's talk a little bit about Thanksgiving meals. Do you guys go the traditional route? Do you do an alternative thing? Um, no, yeah, do you like the traditional tradition. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah? I love the tra- traditional. Well, you're a traditional guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, and I, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I'm, I'm right. traditional about pretty much everything. And so, yeah, I mean, we're the turkey and dressing and, you know, everything that goes along with it. Um, yeah, cranberries. Now, we did switch a couple years ago because we always did the jellied cranberry sauce, you know, for... <sighs> For dressing every year. A couple years ago, somebody brought some whole berry cranberry sauce. Yeah, game changer for me. I won't go. I won't go back to the regular cranberry. I gotta have the whole berry cranberry sauce. Mm. Love it. Yeah. So we had a whole discussion about this in our men's small group this morning, and um, I think about half of our group were basically like, "Yeah, I won't even try this stuff." No, I've never tried it before in my <laughs> I, life. I love it. Oh, yeah, I love it. Yeah. So, Alan, you talked about this this morning a little bit. Where are you at on the Thanksgiving? Well, due to my wife, better half, working in healthcare, she's usually on call for Thanksgiving. So we do the whole Cracker Barrel. We actually ordered it yesterday because it had to be two weeks ahead of time. And we go and pick it up. They put it in the car. We take it home and we eat because I don't like leftovers. So for Thanksgiving, that kind of, well, I don't like Thanksgiving leftovers. Some people want to eat turkey for the two weeks. Yeah. Dude, that's me. We will make the sandwiches and everything. I'm done. After supper that night, I... I'll eat McDonald's over Thanksgiving the next day. I mean, I just don't want <laughs> yeah. it. So. Yeah. Jamie, of course, my wife works in the healthcare as well. And so we, a lot of, and, and of course, me being in the ministry, we often have to change our Thanksgiving plans on what, I mean, we might, it might not even be on that Thursday, you know, or, but we have to do the same thing for Christmas and a lot of holidays because is she working? Is, you know, because she works night shift. So if she works the night before, it kind of messes up. The right. day of. So, yeah, this this year we're able to, we're going to be home for a couple of days right before Thanksgiving. But on Thanksgiving Day, we're going to have to, we, we eat about lunchtime. And so after we eat, we got to come home because Jamie's got to go to work that night. So, yeah. um, it's, you know, you don't really have a lot of time to see anybody or, or just hang out or anything. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Pastor Matt, where do you fall on this? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, traditionally, my family has done the traditional Thanksgiving for the most yeah. part. Uh, haven't really done anything all that out of the ordinary with it. Uh, I don't do cranberry anything, so I can't comment <laughs> on any of that. Yeah. I feel the same way about ocean spray. I used to have to always put those up at Walmart. Hey, speaking of Walmart, that's where I spent the last couple of Thanksgivings. <laughs> New tradition. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, no, I mean, with turkey, I don't, I don't like ham any time of the year. Um, I do like turkey. I don't, I feel like. Turkey gets a bad rap. It's undeserved. But as I've mentioned before, I, I do love fried turkey. If somebody offered me some fried turkey, I had to punch all of you in the throat, I would. Yes. I love I'm willing to bet you're all followers of Jesus. You'd forgive me eventually. That is true. Um, you know, I have always been one to buck the traditional Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. In fact, I don't know. It was before we had kids. So 10, maybe 12 years ago, we were getting ready for um, Thanksgiving at my in-laws. And my brother-in-law, Ryan, and I were talking. And we basically come to the conclusion nobody in the family liked turkey or ham. So we decided, hey, let's do steak and chicken. So we had steak and chicken for that Thanksgiving, and it was great. 
And it was supposed to be a tradition, but that was the only year it happened. And so last year, my wife and I were talking. We're like, look, let's do something completely different. We don't like the meal. Let's do hibachi. So we did hibachi. It was very good. It was delicious. Enjoyed the meal. And then I sit down on the couch, which is what you do after Thanksgiving mm-hmm. meals. And um, I looked through Facebook at everybody's Thanksgiving meal, and I felt left out. I felt like I had betrayed Thanksgiving. So Because you did. Because I did. And so my wife and I were talking to this. She said, my mom said, because my in-laws are going to be here for Thanksgiving this year, she's fine with hibachi for Thanksgiving. I said, but I am not. I am not fine with Thanksgiving without being Thanksgiving. So we're going to do hibachi on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And on Thursday, we're gonna, I'm going to smoke a turkey. Oh, yeah. And a new way. Smoke turkey's good, too. I yeah, like, it I is. Like and, and there's a new thing. I, I mean, it's probably not new, but it's new to me. It's a spatchcock turkey. Are you familiar with this? No, i never heard of it. So you cut the backbone out of the turkey. Okay. And you turn the turkey over, and basically like you're performing CPR, you break the breastplate. And so the per- the turkey lays flat. Okay. And cooks it cooks mm-hmm. evenly. Man, it looks really good. So I'm excited about trying that. Mm-hmm. And I'm also going to smoke a prime rib. Because Is that like the backup in case the turkey don't turn no, out? No, we always have two meals. Two <laughs> okay, weeks for Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, and so that's going to be our Thanksgiving plans. I'm sure we'll have the, the normal sides that you have, that kind of stuff. No cranberry. Well, I say that back. My brother-in-law, Derek, is going to be here, so there will be cranberry sauces. Mm-hmm. He loves it. I love cranberry sauce. Thing, there's a place in um, Orlando. It's the sandwich place. Something of Earl. I can't remember the name uh, of it. It's Sandwich of Earl. Sandwich of Earl or something. But they have a Thanksgiving sandwich that has turkey, dressing, cranberry sauce, on it. it's his favorite sandwich. I'm sold. You're sold. I'm sold on it. So next time we go to Orlando, we're taking you. I was you. just saying, when I was in Orlando, Disney Springs. Yeah, that's where Disney Springs. Yeah. Yeah. And he's yeah. a huge Disney yeah. fan. So, But yeah, so we're going to go the traditional route for Thanksgiving this year. I just, yeah. it, it felt weird last year. You know, I, li- I like fried turkey. That's my favorite. But I, like, the last time I think I baked a turkey, I baked it in one of those oven bags with, you know, the seasoning. Mm-hmm. And, and it was really good, too. It stayed pretty moist as yeah. well because you cook it in the oven bag and put tinfoil over it. It right. was actually really good, so um, I may try that again this year. I don't know. Yeah. But Pastor I want you to share with us the story of your favorite Thanksgiving tradition. Remember you in the class? Oh, this is one of my favorite Thanksgiving stories. Uh, a couple of guys that I went to school with, we're, it's, and this is, of course, this is taking place online because we all live in different places, and we are talking about holiday traditions, uh, and it happened to be during that fall semester, and, you know, you're getting out for right before Thanksgiving, you don't have classes or anything and so they were sharing some of their traditions and one guy was like you know we we like to go around the table and everybody says some something they're thankful of that year and another guy said well yeah we we do that but we we kind of keep it spiritual because he had to one up him i guess i don't know sure. and so he's like we'll, we'll read a scripture on thanksgiving and then we'll talk about it at the table, you know, before we start our meal. And then we'll say our prayer, our Thanksgiving prayer, and, you know, our, our then we'll start eating. And uh, it kind of was, I was the only one that hadn't chimed in at this point. So I'm like, I got to chime in at some point on, on our holiday tradition. And I thought real hard. And the only thing I come up with is we eat and take a nap. <laughs> um, those other things are great things. Mm-hmm. There are things we have done before. But as far as a tradition, like something we're gonna do every year, I'm gonna we're gonna eat, we're gonna take a nap, and probably watch the Cowboys lose, uh, which is always an upside. We're all hope the Cowboys lose, right? <laughs> um, and then then I'll wake up and eat some more sweet potato yeah. pie. <laughs> There's just something that hits different about that Thanksgiving nap. 
Yeah, it's good. I don't know if it's the turkey so or what. It doesn't hit the same with hibachi. <laughs> a little more indigestion. I believe it. Yeah. Um, I'm telling you, I'm bitter at myself about this Thanksgiving last Clearly. year. Man, I feel like I haven't had Thanksgiving in two years. <laughs> so, all right, Shane. Pastor Shane, let's say your let's do your game. Okay. All right. So we've already knocked the the pumpkin sweet potato pile, but let's go on with some more. Okay. Um. We'll I'll, we'll just do rapid fire. We'll do a few. So we we've done the sweet potato pumpkin, ham or turkey. Ham. Ham. Turkey. Rolls or cornbread. Cornbread. Rolls. I trust rolls more. Yeah, and my wife okay. makes these homemade yeast rolls. Oh, they're so good. Traditional rolls or crescent rolls? Traditional. Crescent. I eat crescent, yeah. Yeah, that's that's I what like crescent better. Crescent. I'm just thinking of Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah, sure, sure, sure. Okay, I know the answer on this one for me. Yeah, you haven't been answering these. <laughs> because I'm asking them. Yeah, but you still should answer it. <laughs> okay, um, I am... Wait, fill us back in. Ham or turkey? Ham. Okay, rolls or cornbread? Rolls. Crescent or regular? Crescent. Okay. Now we're caught. There you go. Okay. There should only be one correct answer to this one, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Dressing or stuffing? Dressing. Dressing without eggs. Neither. Oh! Now who's betraying Thanksgiving? That that was not the right answer. (laughs) Um, um, For me, it is dressing because I I don't know if y'all ever had It's way too sweet. Way too sweet. Stuffing is? Yeah. Man, stuffing is just... It's too dry. Yeah, it's it's real sweet. It's it's not good to me. It's not you good. mix cranberry sauce in with your dressing Ugh. and it puts it over the top. Okay, yeah, we'll go to that one. So on your dressing, well, except for Matt because Matt um, doesn't do is, dressing. So is it gravy or cranberry sauce on dressing? Yes, cranberry sauce. Gravy all day, baby. I do the whole berry cranberry sauce on my dressing. <laughs> Pastor um, Matt skips it all together. Yeah, that's right. So, green bean casserole or squash casserole? I like both. Okay, both. I I prefer squash casserole, but the question's about Thanksgiving. It's going to be green bean casserole. Okay. I dislike all casseroles. Never met one I like. So, I would say neither. But I'm not, don't, before you start thinking I'm in the same category with Matt, dressing is a staple. Dressing is a staple of Thanksgiving. You cannot say you ate Thanksgiving meal Without dressing, you can say that I ate Thanksgiving without a casserole. My wife. You didn't ask Pastor Matt about the green bean casserole. Oh yeah, Matt. Neither. Yeah, Matt doesn't do vegetables. I try to avoid them. He does do broccoli and steak juice. Yeah. Yeah. How is steak juice a vegetable? No broccoli in steak juice. He will only eat broccoli if it is doused in steak juice. Yes, I would prefer to have cheese melted on it, but I mean, (laughs) Thanksgiving traditions. I said mine, mine is eat and take a nap. But like I said, a couple of years ago, my family went outside. And after we woke up from our nap, <laughs> we went outside and played a little flag football. Ooh. A lot of fun. Well, since I've been married, I guess, uh, we don't have traditions we do like every year other than Cracker Barrel, I guess. Sure, that's and interesting. Yeah, we sure. usually watch football. Everyone says they take a nap. I argue I don't, but I'm sure I do fall asleep at some point. Yeah, so uh, I think I... I definitely have mentioned this before. So I didn't get really to celebrate Thanksgiving in a traditional with my family from 2012 through 2019. So last year was my first uh, traditional Thanksgiving with my family. Uh, So I started watching a particular episode of The West Wing for every Thanksgiving. It is a Thanksgiving-themed episode of The West Wing. Um, West Wing is one of my favorite shows ever. And it's probably one of the best episodes of that particular show. And I watch every year. So it's, there's a lot in it. So 
TV shows have an A storyline and a B storyline, right? Right. So Jerry and George and Seinfeld, to give use that example, Jerry and George get in trouble. They get lost somewhere or something, and then either Kramer or Lane insult somebody at work or whatever, and you go back between those two stories. Right. Well, sometimes you can do ABC stories, so you have three, and sometimes you can go up to but even D. it's an hour-long show. You can't, yeah, it's hard it's to do it on a... It's hard Seinfeld to could do it because there's episodes of Seinfeld where you had an A, B, C, and a D. But anyway, so the farther down the chain, the less important the story is to the actual episode right. that you're watching. So on that particular episode, there's an A story, there's a B story, and there's a C story. Uh, a story for that episode is there are these Chinese immigrants. They have landed in California. They're gathering them together, and then they start to claim that they're uh, evangelical Christians. So now the president, because the West Wing's obviously about the president, the president has to figure out how I'm going to handle the situation because I can't just send them back now that they're claiming to be Christians because you're going to upset people here at home. So what is he going to do with that? All right, so that's the first story. The second story is they want to appoint an assistant judge in one of the circuits, and the assistant judge has been violently opposed to prayer in schools. So now they got to figure out, do we want to go ahead and, and appoint this judge knowing that it's going to cause the other side to be upset with us? That's the B storyline. And then there's the C storyline. Now, I really like those other two storylines. Those other storylines are good. It's a very good episode. The C storyline. That's where the heart of the episode truly is. So the pres- the show evolves around Josiah Bartlett, a fictional president. And he's like, the show's an ensemble, so there's not a main character. But if you want to pick a main character, it's him. He's the president. And then he has his bag man. Now, president's bag man is a guy who basically, he opens the door, he carries the president's bag, which is where the title comes from. But he's really a confidant. He's somebody you have to trust more than anybody else because he has to keep all the secrets. Sometimes he has to stop people talking to the president the president doesn't want to talk to. It's a very important position in the context of his life. It's not something you appoint. You, know, you don't go before the Senate and appoint the bag man. It's just somebody you pick. And in the show, the bag man is named Charlie. He's played by the actor Dulé Hill. So in the whole C storyline is revolves around... The president needs a new turkey carving knife, all right? So Charlie has to keep going and getting new knives. Josiah Bartlett is a very particular man, very fastidious. He's a Northeastern Irish Catholic guy. He's very particular, and he has to have the right and the perfect knife. He can't just have a normal knife. So time after time, Charlie goes and he brings him this special Japanese knife. And he looks at, oh, yeah, this is really good, but, you know, the weight's off. It's not perfect. You know what we need? We need a German knife. So later in the episode, Charlie comes back. He's got a nice, fancy, turkey-carving German knife. And he likes it. It's good, but I know it's not really sharp enough. And and if they sharpen it anymore, it would mess it up. You know what? We need a nice American knife. We need an American-made knife. And he goes to get an American knife. And it happens several times over and over again. Finally, Charlie just has enough of it. And Charlie says, present I'm tired of this. This is ridiculous. Just pick a turkey carving knife. And they kind of go back and forth a little bit. And then finally, Charlie asks him, well, why why do you need a new turkey carving knife? Because part of his argument was a turkey carving knife is something that you pass down from family to family, within the family, from person to person, generation to generation. And then the president says, well, it's funny that you asked that, Charlie. And he opens up his desk and he pulls out this really old box. He says, Charlie, a turkey carving knife is something a father gives to a son for generation for generation. And I'm giving this to you. Aww. Because Josiah Bartlett doesn't have any sons. He only has daughters. And they've grown really closer over the season. And Charlie, uh, Dulé Hill just does this perfectly. Everyone should go and look this up on YouTube. He's like on the verge of crying, but not quite to that point where tears are actually coming out. That very edge, you know, you ever seen like with small yeah, children yeah, yeah. or something. He's hanging right there. He's doing a great job. And he looks down 
and he's on the box it says PR and Charlie's like I've looked at like hundreds of knives over the last couple of days and I've never seen one see PR and Josiah Bartlett says that knife was given to my family by a Bostonian silversmith named Paul Revere and he looks at him and says I'm proud of you Charlie nails it man I want to watch this nails it every time it's just ah! perfect so I've heard you tell this story before but I don't think I've ever heard it in such detail (laughs) <laughs> or if so, it never hit my heartstrings like it does Sure, right now. yeah. I felt like I needed to take a break. Well, we were, we were a little worried the episode wouldn't be very long, so I figured I'd go and tell the whole story. Hey, that, I, really, I didn't know my life was missing this episode. You, I, look, it's a new tradition, everyone. This Thanksgiving. Tell me the episode again? I, can, I can't tell you the name of it. <laughs> it's in the second season. It's the Thanksgiving episode. Okay, I'll find it. I'll Google it for you later. Yes, How please. Let me know because I need this episode in my life. I don't know. You do. Pastor Shane's not even close to crying, but man, it hit me. Nah, I don't <laughs> Yes. Um, it was a good story. I'm probably not going to watch it, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, our Thanksgiving traditions, for the most part, now revolve around Black Friday shopping. It's just become a family fun kind of thing. We look through ads together and mm-hmm. talk about what's on sale, that kind of stuff. Yeah. A lot of my early childhood, or not childhood, early Thanksgiving traditions and memories with once I joined Ashley's family was going and standing in really cold lines with her dad shopping centers. Now you say you're you doing it at your house. You're eating at your house. Eating at our house. Y'all don't do that every year though, right? No, we go, some years we go to Nashville. Every other year. Every okay. other year we go to Nashville and then we're at our house. My mom yeah. will come over and Ashley's parents come down. And yeah. Ours, ours basically revolves around Jamie's work schedule. Depending on when she works, we'll go home and spend it with her mother, my brother, and all. And then sometimes... When her work schedule doesn't permit, we'll have it at our house, and then her mom and my brother and I will come down to um, Tifton to have it with us. So ours just kind of, we don't do it like every other year, but it's just kind of however her work schedule does, because I have a little more freedom in in being off than she does, and so um, that's kind of how ours revolves. Mm -hmm. Um, My grandfather-in-law, when he was alive, his tradition involved playing golf on Thanksgiving morning. Oh, that's interesting. Um, because all of the golf courses in Nashville were closed on Thanksgiving. But so it was basically free green fees. If you wanted to go play, you could play, but you know the clubhouse wasn't open and that kind sure. of stuff. Mm-hmm. So hmm. He did that for years. Interesting good tradition. Yeah. All right, let's move on to something a little more spiritual, even on this Thanksgiving episode. Um what is your favorite Bible verse that revolves around giving thanks? I am I'll read mine. Mine is he, he is Hebrews chapter twelve. Okay. It says this, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, mm-hmm. let us be thankful. Oh, By it, we may serve God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Mm-hmm. Man, that's good. Hold on to that, because that's going to come back in another question. I think. <laughs> well, and I'll tell you the reason, and I thought it would be great if I said, man, I was just uh, doing a Bible study and this... But it really, it was from a um, third day, a band that I grew up listening to. Sure, yeah. They had a song called Consuming Fire. Mm-hmm. And, you know, back then when you had a CD, you had the cover and it had the lyrics and stuff. Well, a lot of Christian bands, they would, uh, if they, uh, if a song was written with a verse in mind, they would put that verse, you know, behind the title of the song. So mm-hmm. um, third day had CD cover and all mm-hmm. that and, and their song Consuming Fire that's what verse it was from. Uh, mine actually comes from Colossians 3. Um, it reads, starting with verse 14, Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of Christ, to which you are also called in one body, rule your hearts, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, 
teaching, and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And I, I guess it's my favorite. One, I've always just loved that passage because there's so much there. You could do a whole series just from those, you know, those four verses there. But it, this idea that you know, gratitude, thanksgiving, which are sort of synonymous, it's this anchor that helps us kind of rightly divide the rest of creation and the rest of our lives. Is that everything we do whether in word or deed, is an opportunity to, be, to express and to be thankful for what God has done, is doing, and will do in us in uh, as a body and as a whole world. Yeah, that's good. Mine, I guess, is First Thessalonians chapter 5, 16 through 18. This is actually hanging on our wall in our living room. Oh. So one of y'all stated on a previous podcast, you know, the Hobby Lobby type signs. Y'all <laughs> hated them so much and disliked them. I mean, that sounds like Shane. It probably yeah, it, it, like, it, yeah, it does sound like something I would say. So I, I, I saw it on the wall and I said that would make sense for Thanksgiving. So, yeah. um, but I can read it if it you is, would please. Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to revert to my backup verse because Alan, yours was my favorite because I love that um, emphasis there that Thanksgiving is a choice that we choose to be thankful and mm -hmm. we express that gratitude. But my backup is um, Psalm 100. In fact, I'm going to read the whole psalm because it's only four, five verses. Yeah. It says, Let the whole earth shout triumphantly to the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Acknowledge that the Lord is good. He made us and we are His, His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and court His courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his names. For the Lord is good and his faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness through all the generations. And I just love that attitude and mindset of entering into worship with a heart of thanksgiving. Give thanks to the Lord because he is worthy of it. He is mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. And uh, man, I love that psalm that we have um, there, Psalm 100. So great verses about thanksgiving why is it important because all these verses are pushing us to have hearts of thanksgiving hearts that give thanks why is it important to have a heart of thanksgiving well i mean the piggyback off of what my verse was basically uh, arguing was that it gratitude kind of does ground us because it by our natures we want to focus on what we don't have we yes. want to focus on what's wrong um and it's become so easy even as we're honestly and sincerely following after jesus it becomes so easy to focus on what we don't have, the things that are wrong, the things that are difficult, the things that are hard, instead of reminding what we have in Jesus Christ. Regardless of whether or not our life right now is going well or bad, our security is in Jesus. He's at the right hand of the Father right now, play, praying and, and pleading for us, and, and one day we will be reunited with Him and with the whole body of saints and in the kingdom in all of its fullness. That, that truth... Is so important. If it is true, right? And I think it is. If it's true, that anchors and changes and colors everything else in my world. And, and gratitude helps me to hold on to that. Helps me to remember that God is still actively working. That He's going to hold fast to His promises. And where I am faithless, and everything else is faithless, and no one's loyal, and everyone else is falling away, He is the one constant that's going to continue to bring about His will into this world, in, in both my life. And in the life around me. Well, I, I have an answer that's a whole lot shorter. Sure. 
nothing wrong. I just don't. don't You're fine. You're fine. To me, Thanksgiving is God owes us nothing. And to me, it's just a day to be appreciated for what we have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, according to the verse I I read, it's my favorite verse. If we examine, he says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, Mm. um, what he's saying there is we're receiving Christ. Yeah. He's saying God's going to shake away everything else, every. All of our security, all of our possessions, all of the things that we think are so important, like all those things are going to be shaken away and we're left with Christ. And he describes, basically describing Christ as the kingdom. Like it's, mm-hmm. it, it is a place there. I mean, there is the kingdom, there is heaven, there's new Jerusalem, all that. Um, but ultimately, it's uh, what makes heaven heaven is because Christ is there. And so whenever all of that is shaken away, we can be thankful because we are in Christ. Yeah. And uh, so ultimately, that's that's what we're thankful for. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't be thankful for oh, everything no, God no. has blessed us with because sure he's, he's blessed me more than I deserve. Um, Jamie and I was talking about it this this week. Um, and like, can you believe how much God has blessed us this year? And, you know, so we should be thankful for those. But ultimately, all those things will pass away. All those things will be gone, mm. and and we're rooted in thanksgiving in a person, not a, not a thing. Absolutely, and you know, piggybacking kind of what both of you have said, but thanksgiving is so much of what God calls us to be. It involves so much humility. It involves the the lack of coveting, you know, which we're instructed not to covet, mm-hmm. want, greed. and greed. Um, man, I feel like thankfulness, and I think this is why. Verse I looked at tells us to enter in with this sort of mindset because it puts us into the type of place that God wants us to mm-hmm. live is out of a heart of thankfulness yeah. and a, a life of thankfulness. And if we have nothing else to be thankful for every single day of our lives, we can be thankful for what Jesus does yes, for absolutely. us on the cross. And um, because it is the greatest act that could ever be done for anyone. So right. what does Thanksgiving produce in our life? Like, And, and we all know people, I know people who like, they live a life of Thanksgiving. They're so thankful for sure. everything. And then you know people that aren't thankful for anything. Mm-hmm. What is it that thankfulness produces in our hearts and our lives if we choose to live the way the Scripture? And by the way, these Scriptures don't call us to live in Thanksgiving one day a year. They call us to live lives of Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what does that produce in our lives? I would think it would produce generosity much of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, because I believe what it, it what it does is it changes our perspective uh, a lot of the time. And when your when when your perspective is changed, your actions follow what you believe to be true. Um, and if you believe that that your blessings are truly coming from God, and you are truly thankful and have a heart of gratitude for that, I think the natural response in that, not in Christ, would be to be generous. Because mm-hmm. the one who gave it to you the first time can give it to you again. You know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's absolutely correct. Yeah, there's a it's a modern hymn, so it's not a classic one, but there's one that hey, it's everything I have is yours. Everything I have is ultimately God's. Anything that's good, valuable, worthwhile, God has given it to me. So that one helps me not to covet, helps me not desire more. Two, it helps me trust in Him. He's given me all this. He's met every need that I have. He's going to continue to do so. And then thirdly, as, as Pastor James was just saying, it then frees me up to then share that with others. Mm -hmm. Because the Christian life is ultimately a life of abundance. 
There's, uh, it's both fasting and feasting. There's a little bit of fasting, right? Jesus makes clear his disciples will continue in fasting. But most of the Christian life is a life of feasting. Which makes me think of one of my favorite songs that we sing here at Awaken Church. Uh, we will feast in the house of Zion. Come on. I, that that song just hits me different. You know, mm -hmm. I haven't done it in a while. I need to put yeah, it on bring the thing back up. <laughs> Do that and glory in the same week. <laughs> Too much. What's the song's not called Glory, right? What's no, but I, I always know what you're talking about. Is we labor unto glory. We labor unto glory. Yeah, Man, <laughs> I love that one. Yeah, I love both those songs. Yeah. Man, they hit good. I've heard generosity that produces generosity in life. I've heard trust, and it produces contentment. And I think you guys both hinted at that yeah. as well. I mean, those are three really admirable traits. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's okay. Man, if I wish I was, wish I was more generous. I wish I trusted more. I wish I had more contentment in my life. Well, maybe the path to all those things is to be thankful yes. and to live um, hearts of thankfulness. Mm -hmm. All right, so I want to wrap this episode up with a question that we can talk about Thanksgiving, and it can bleed over to other holidays as well. Sure. But what can we do when we're celebrating holidays like this to help make them a spiritual experience for our families? Not just go, hey, this is a date on the calendar for our country or mm -hmm. our culture where we celebrate, but to where we actually focus on Christ, the gospel, and create a spiritual experience for our families. So I want to give a big picture answer because I like big picture answers uh, and <laughs> I can trust y'all to give more practical advice. So on our most recent season of uh, The Wordsmith, we discussed uh, the famous German reformer Martin Luther. Uh, and, and in case you didn't listen to the episode and you're just coming out of this one uh, randomly, uh, Martin Luther, uh, Augustinian monk, who uh, was convicted by the scriptures and the Holy Spirit, and he kind of kick-started the Protestant movement, which is basically all of us that aren't Catholic or Eastern Orthodox, you're Protestant. Okay, so anyway, he was giving advice, and he was talking about the idea of how does a Christian live in this world in a way that honors Christ. Uh, one of the examples he gave was uh, a cobbler, right? So not the, the cobbler that you eat, but someone who works and, and makes shoes, right? And we still have cobblers. They probably go by a different title nowadays. Anyway, he, his argument was, so if a, a cobbler wants to work in a Christian way, he doesn't take shoes and then put little crosses on them. He just does them to the best of his ability. He tries his hardest, knowing that if he is committed to it, he's committed to excellence, he's committed to doing whatever God has placed before him on that given day in a way He's trusting in Christ. He's trying to follow him wholeheartedly. That honors God. In much the same way, a big picture view is one of the ways we can uh, enjoy Thanksgiving and these other holidays, Christmas and whatnot, in a Christ-honoring way is to actually enjoy them. <laughs> we, we, we're we're going to talk and we're going to have practical applications of ways uh, to do it more in a, in a spiritually-minded way. But we don't want to lose sight of the fact that these are good things. Our, our security is not in that we are doing uh, we're always hitting every mark and we're always checking every box. Our security yeah. is in Jesus Christ. And he's given us life abundance. Our, we have to trust in him. And one of the ways we do that is by just enjoying the good things that he's given us. So mo most people, what do they do on Thanksgiving, right? They get together with family. They have a big meal. They spend some time, a, a quick prayer maybe, uh, being grateful. And maybe go around the table and they, they give examples of things that they're grateful for for that year. Then they eat and then they rest. We can honor God by doing those things. Those things, uh, when you're committed to Christ and you're following after him, taking a day off, enjoying your time with family, that is an opportunity to honor God. 
just by doing those things. Yeah, and I'm not. So that's a big picture view. I want to make that clear. Big picture view. Yeah, um, I think it might. Maybe it was Spurgeon who said this. He had a term for it anyway. But how we we honor Christ, we we do it on a yearly, we do it on a monthly, we do it on a weekly, and we do it on a daily. Mm-hmm. Um, he's talking about he's talking about honoring Christ at all times in all situations. Mm-hmm. So on a yearly thing, you know, you think of big holidays. Um, like Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving, those sort of things. So those few times a year, you honor God on for a yearly feast or, or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. And then then you it kind of trickles down into your everyday life. But you, you find something small or big in, in all those uh, different increments of time, you know, weekly, daily, monthly, and yearly. And you find some way to honor God. So, um, so we should try this in, in a lot of different time spaces um for our families mm-hmm. um but but this would fall into the yearly one um for me yeah. um but yeah i i think matt gave some great advice um and matt has also said sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do yes. is take a nap yes i believe that wholeheartedly and so I'm there's gonna a lot eat. of scripture to back that up I, i'm gonna eat and i'm gonna take a nap um but some things we we do from time to time and it's not, like i said it's not mm-hmm. something we do we I may read a scripture of Thanksgiving before we eat our meal. You know, that's right. Um, yeah. I, I, that may be something I do. Uh, obviously, every year we offer a prayer of Thanksgiving before we eat our meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's something that we always do. I mean, I guess that could be a tradition, but we pray before all of our meals. But this yeah. is kind of a um, heavy on the Thanksgiving type um, prayer um, that we do that that one time a year. Yeah. Um, but th- those are just some things that you know we're gonna we will do from time to time. Yeah. Um, it, now, when when my kids were younger, we we had more of those traditions. Now that they're kind of older, and sure, you know, yeah. um, they, and soon they will have other obligations to go elsewhere for Thanksgiving, those sort of things. And so, some of those are, are only for a season. They're not something. Yeah. Hey, I got to do this. I got to make sure we do this every year. Um, without fail, um, sometimes you, hey, I'm going to try it in this season because my kids are small or if you're like me and your kids are grown, you, that, that kind of, um, that kind of, um, practical application can change and that's okay for it to change. Um, so, I mean, we'll, we'll do something like that this year. Mm-hmm. At my house, <laughs> we're going to say a Thanksgiving prayer before the meal. Yeah. yeah. And then. We try our best to get the kids to at least say something they're thankful for. Yeah. Austin, it's harder because Austin just likes being difficult. Yeah. <laughs> he um, does, yes. And then we're going to take a nap, more or less. So. Yeah. I think the key is intentionality. We try our best with most holidays to be intentional. We have things we do at Christmas, we have things we do at Easter, different holidays. But for Thanksgiving, the thing we specifically do is it's called the thankful turkey and i don't know where my wife got the idea from but i'm sure she read it somewhere saw it but what that turkey is not thankful yes but this turkey is (laughs) okay all right so let me explain the thankful turkey um at the beginning of the month of november we actually have one now that just continues on but my wife cut out a turkey out of construction paper and we put it up on the wall and it's a turkey with no feathers and then she cuts out i don't know 100 feathers or something and every night we get that. We get together as a family. Uh, this is part of our bedtime routine during the month of November, starting November first. And every all the kids write something that they're thankful for on that, and then we pray a prayer of thanksgiving for those mm-hmm. things. And now, mm-hmm. you know, I have a nine-year-old who's really getting very 
specific and like things you're going, man, he, that's really good. Mm-hmm. And then I also have a three-year-old that's difficult. So the very first night we're like, what are you thankful for? Harper said, Harper, <laughs> you're thankful for yourself. Yes. You want to pick anybody else? No. <laughs> so <laughs> Harper was the first feather on the tree. I mean, on the turkey. <laughs> but so at the end of the month, we've went through uh, 25 days. We, you know, we may miss a day here or there for some reason, but we have 70, 75 different things on our wall that the kids are thankful for. Sure. And it, that's an intentional act of what the scriptures here is calling us to, to live mm-hmm. lives of thankfulness. Mm-hmm. And so I think that in, you don't have to do that, but being intentional every holiday yeah. to say, hey, let's point this towards Jesus. And you know, there's a historic or a scriptural basis for the feast that they had in the Old Testament. They were feasts of celebration. They were holidays, but they were spiritual experiences and they pointed towards Jesus. And so we try to take care of you know, not to relate our holidays with those, in but in the sense that we think everything can point to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so we try to redeem those and restore those. Oh, one thing we, we've done in the past, I forgot to mention this, but I, I always thought this was good. We don't, of course, this isn't something we do every year again, but pick a missionary that's not going to be able to make it home, that's not going to be home for Thanksgiving because they're out on the mission field. Yeah. Um, and so some of the things that we may take for granted, like being around family, mm-hmm. um, many missionaries around the world don't get to experience that. So um, we have before, hey, um, we maybe we pick a specific missionary that, hey, we want to pray a special prayer for them because they're, you know, you know, on the other side of the world, they're in France or wherever um, for this holiday and they don't get to be with family. So um, maybe that's something some of our listeners could do. Or you just pray for missionaries everywhere. Uh, if you don't have a particular missionary that you know uh, to pray for. But I, I think that's a good um, tradition and that's one you can kind of carry for a few years. So. Yeah. Uh, you can put together a Thanksgiving meal for a needy family as a family mm-hmm. is an act of worship and yeah. serving. You can... We've talked about this in our men's group this morning. You could put together uh, something for homeless people. Think mm-hmm. about what Thanksgiving may be like for homeless people mm-hmm. and sure. that you can take to them. There are so many things you could do. It's just a matter of being intentional and um, and trying to, to do those things, to serve the Lord and point our families towards Jesus. Yeah, uh, another example that just kind of came to me as we are talking was, let's say, this would apply well for those of you who go to big family gatherings. So if you're at a big family gathering, I'm willing to bet, Everybody's going to come up with something that they're, they're grateful for. But there's probably been a, a person or two in your family who's it's been a rough year, right? It's probably not been uh, a, a real joyous occasion. Maybe it's hard for them to be grateful kind of wherever they're at. Just spending a few moments really actually having a conversation with them, not just those pleasantry things like, oh, hey, how are you? I'm, I'm fine. How are you? How's work? Blah, 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 blah. Having a genuine conversation with them, maybe pulling them aside or something, really having uh, a genuine discussion and really checking on them and asking, you know, what's something I can pray for you about? Um, or something like that really does help. It, it brings back a kind of human soul to soul, person to person kind of focus to these things is that part of um, w- the way we honor God is we, we love God and we love neighbor. And, and so sometimes you have to do, you can do the, the putting the, a meal together or, or something like that. But then if you have somebody in your life who you know, especially if they're far from Jesus, you can actually go and have a conversation with them and be a bodily presence to them. The way that Jesus kind of bodily came down and served and worked and loved with us. Absolutely. Man, it's good stuff. Uh, we want to thank you for allowing us to be a part of your Thanksgiving um, this season by listening to this podcast. And uh, we hope and pray that you guys have a, a very 
great Thanksgiving, and now we're going to kick off um, Pastor Shane's favorite season of the year, Christmas. Mm, that's right. Although you already kicked it off a month ago, but um, we're we're excited about that and Thanksgiving leading into Christmas. But no matter how you listen to the Wordsmith podcast, whether it's uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, almost anywhere podcasts are played, thank you for listening. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your Thanksgiving. And we hope you all have a happy Thanksgiving.